0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Be not therefore anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or, What shall we drink? Or, Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you're anything like me, then you'll know what I mean when I describe myself as a recovering perfectionist. Throughout my upbringing, my family knew both times of plenty and times of very great need, very great lack, very great want. Perhaps it was the product of being the firstborn, but while I was growing up, I was a very anxious kid, with a tendency to worry, and as an adult, a persistent temptation for me has been always to look out for what might happen, or ever to wait for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> to be sure, the modern world has a great many matters with which we might be concerned. Even a cursory glance at world events would give us more than enough reason to be apprehensive. But many of us do not need the distant specters of political strife, religious persecution, and economic disaster to fund our worry banks.
1: For those of us who are persistently tempted
0: by anxiousness, we can find sufficient fodder in our own friends, families, and finances. (coughs) The gospel lesson for this morning is there to meet us in such circumstances. In the times when we are harried by the conditions of life, when we expect the worst is just around the corner, and when we attempt to stabilize ourselves, or even when we are trying with all our might to conceal from others our own profound insecurities. When we speak of anxiety in this context, though, we're not talking about any of the sorts of neurological disorders or psychological conditions that may afflict a person. The gospel is not suggesting that those responding to trauma, or who are experiencing an illness should simply get over it, nor attempt to supplant the wisdom of medical and psychiatric fields.
1: Neither are we
0: talking about the concern in the sense of prudent management for those things for which we are responsible. The gospel is not exhorting us to carelessness. The nature of anxiety in Christ's use of the term is concerned with matters over which the worrier has no control. There is no denial of the reality of concerns. In fact, it is taken for granted that concerns govern the sway and tenor of our lives. Rather, the passage is concerned with the need to be worried about the proper things, to concern ourselves uh, for the things of God, the things that constitute the term the kingdom of God, rather than the things of the world.
1: In this, Christ
0: confronts the inherent foolishness in the the assumption that stability and security can be gained from anything that is not itself stable or secure. Anxiety, as the scripture warns us against, is at its core a product of vanity or pride. It is the active reliance upon ourselves Or stability. Whatever we openly profess to others, or even to ourselves, anxiety reveals our tacit and actual belief that we are the only ones who can help ourselves, and that if we don't do this, then no one will. It is a skeptical disposition of soul angled against the reality of God's goodness and faithfulness to care for us. When we possess this, eventually it trickles down into a similar regard for everyone and everything else. If our ideas about the source of all life and the source of all things is so marred, how can anything else hope to escape? But all of us knows deep down that we don't have what it takes to be the gods of our own worlds. This inner conflict, this realization, produces at first panic, and then a restlessness of soul. To attempt, as finite beings, to be all things in all places, we are bound to be tossed about to and fro until we become exhausted. At last, we collapse into despair, This is the tragedy of pride, and is the ultimate goal of the devil, to get us to attempt to be everything so that we end up being nothing. Because anxiety is a product of pride, its defeat is in the corresponding virtue of humility. We must learn to view ourselves correctly, as limited by things outside of our control. We have to admit, that we, in fact, make lousy gods over our lives, and then renounce this title. We, in turn, will learn to worry about uh, and view ourselves and act prudently with what lies within the abilities and place that God has granted to us. And we will learn to trust Him, to remember the many ways He has been faithful, and to look for His provision in our ongoing needs. The ability to translate anxiety into a trust in God is presupposed by the gospel lesson. It is an attainable feat, and is in fact accomplished through obedience to Christ's exhortation to seek first the kingdom of God. By this, he means the subjection of all things to the will of God both inwardly and outwardly. Inwardly, we are to trust that the God who managed to create and sustain all things down to the very botanical structure of lilies in a field is somehow able to govern well in the lives of those in whom he uniquely stamped his own likeness outwardly we are to practice and master this trust through obedience to God's commands to love him and our neighbor rendering proper worship to God using our resources of time and treasure and constantly looking outward for those whom we can draw into the fellowship of salvation. It is in such actions that we properly say the kingdom of God is among us and goes forth. The ultimate icon of this humility, this subjection of worldly concern, trust in God, and love for others, is Christ crucified. The community formed around this icon is the Church, which exists in the world so to imitate constantly Christ's humility, worship, and charity. But the cross does not admit of degrees. St. Paul's point in the epistle is precisely this. The Christian life is defined by sharing in Christ's crucifixion, and it will have either all of us or none of us. Just as one cannot say, I am kind of crucified, one cannot properly say that I am kind of a Christian. The fullness of the Christian life in this light may lead us to think that it is a hopelessly unattainable ideal, only to be found in some great beyond or in the afterlife. But Christ's message in the gospel is clear. Our Lord's profound and singular trust in the Father is the path that is set out for us to walk in right here and right now. To those of us who are anxious, God asks first whether or not we will trust Him. Will we take Him at His word as it comes to us in epistle and gospel? Will we profess a faith in Him? Will we trust Him to bless our our offering of ourselves, our souls, and bodies? Will we then approach Him and on our knees look up to receive of Him our daily bread and in it find the source and sustenance of a life so stable and so secure so that it will heal our worried and wearied hearts? Will we then apply this pattern of giving up ourselves to Him and His purposes? and apply it to every detail of our lives, and especially in those scared and secret corners of our souls that we are afraid to show. If we will turn again by saying yes to these questions, then let us hear our Lord and take him at his word when he says, Be not therefore anxious, but seek ye first the kingdom of God.